Morning, partner. What do we got today, Gray? 25-year-old Caucasian female, Tracy Calloway. Same as the other? Same as the others. Bloody hell. Join homicide detectives Dean Tidwell and Grayson Copeland as they delve into the darkness that their city welcomes with open arms. As they search for a serial killer, known only as the Gray-Eyed Man, from slaughtering his next victim, they put their jobs, families, and lives in jeopardy, only to learn there's more than one. Read it all in David K. Montoya's book, Through the Eyes of Madness, available at mythmart.com and where books are found. This book is not for the faint of heart. Consider yourself warned. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode one. Uh, one, hold on. <laughs> I had it in my head. 126 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host as always, Lupa. Yes, I've gone back to the original format because I really couldn't think of anything to interrupt today. I've been kind of preparing for this, um, this particular podcast since yesterday. Um, normally, you know, I come in, I don't really have a, an idea of what I'm going to do. Um, very few episodes I've actually made notes on and had a plan. Um, but this one, I came across something yesterday. So we'll get into that in a minute. First, before my, uh, producer has a conniption, I am going to do housekeeping. I actually have a decent amount of housekeeping this week because I help write the housekeeping and I am crappy at it and never remember anything. So... Um, my live studio audience usually writes a far better, um, housekeeping than I do. So here we go. Here we go. Forgot there was something under there. I'll just stick my foot under the table. Okay. Number one, Dark Myth Publications is proud to release the children's book by the World of Myth Bits host, Tim Law, titled The Neighbor. And it is actually released under an imprint called M Kids, which is our, our kids, um, section for kids books okay number two also dark myth publications wants to make clear that david k montoya's new he says murder mystery it is there is murder um i say it's a crime novel through the eyes of madness is not kid friendly and is an 18 and older publication it is also not for the squeamish um there are a lot of triggers in this book so if you have not developed the tools in order to deal with your triggers and you're one of these people that is just going to get online and whine about, I've been triggered, oh, don't read the book. So number three, number three, Dark Myth Comics is still moving forward in production and will be reaching out to comic shops, blah, 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 comic shops 
all over. If you want to see American Smash in your local comic book shop, email David at David K. Montoya at jzomondarkmyth.com. That is David K. Montoya at J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N-D-A-R-K-M-Y-T-H dot com. And tell them that your local comic... And then tell you... See, I can do like the email address not even taking a breath, but I can't read any of the other words. And it's funny because that's the topic of our conversation today. Words. And then tell your local comic book shop about the book. Okay. Now, that's also going to be in Canada as well. Um, I'm going to approach a few comic book shops around here and say, dude, you want this. Okay. Number four. Mythmart has reached an international agreement and will now be able to drop ship merchandise to Canada and Australia. Which means expect the shipping bill to be a lot less. Yay, because living in Canada, there is a ton of stuff on Mythmart that I want, but um, the shipping was killing me. It was absolutely killing me. I mean, I bought a $20 shirt and it ended up after shipping um, $76. So now I can go and get all the t-shirts that I want and I can go and get all the books that I want and any of the other swag that's coming out because I have like spaces on my walls in my bedroom that I need to fill up. So there are pictures that I want. Okay. So, um, and if you sign up for a monthly membership, that's right. I need to renew my membership. Forgot. I need to renew my membership. If you sign up for a monthly membership, you will receive free shipping on all products. So if you go and you buy three books, a couple of t-shirts, a few lithographs, maybe a coffee mug, once we get the mugs up there, um, a mouse pad, you're going to get free shipping on all of that if you sign up for the monthly membership. And let me tell you, the monthly membership, totally worth it because um, you get free shipping. And you'll get emails on new stuff that are coming out before it's actually released to the public. Um, and don't forget, our Book of the Month Club as well is going strong. And people are getting their books. They're loving their books. Um, if you get a premium account on the Book of the Month, you get two books a month. You get one from our um, archives. And then you get the brand new book that just came out that particular month. Because as you know, we release a book every month. So for book of the month this month, if you have a premium account, you would get... Ooh, wait. We released two this month. Hmm. So you would get your choice of Tim Law's book or David K. Montoya's book. So you get your choice of a kid's book or an adult book. So... Very cool. All right. And remember, with your membership, shipping's free. Uh, okay, so we at the JZO Modcast Network want to welcome back me. Because <laughs> I'm back. This is episode two after um, my hiatus, my vacation that was not, the vacation that never was. We'll go with that. Um, with new, so I'm back with new episodes of Lupus Bits and then a brand new session of my life. Is there not a word missing from that title? Did we change the name of the title? 
I'm asking the live studio audience. Oh, you just forgot the word then. Okay, so title hasn't changed. So it's my public life as an American nerd with returning host Kevin Hoskinson. Yay! I actually, I love listening to his podcast. I really do. Um, we have, there's, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I never considered myself a nerd or a geek or any of that. And it's only been maybe the last five, six years that I've actually um, embraced the fact that I am. And then listening to Kevin on My Public Life as an American Nerd and um, his he would sometimes have a co-host, Christian, on there. Uh, but now he is the new co-host on every show. The two of them are chatting. Um, I'm listening to the stuff that he's talking about. And I'm like, yes, yes, I totally get that. I totally relate to that. I can't wait for that. I'm so excited about that. And then I went, oh, crap. I am totally and completely a nerd. And I'm good with that. Because now I get to wear all the nerdy stuff and, you know, let my nerd flag fly. Okay. So, uh, number six. Also, the 2023 advertising slots for our podcasts are full. Woohoo! Yay! I didn't know that. I do now. That's very cool. So, expect 2024 to be opening up and becoming available in September. We will start taking orders um, for placements in our advertising podcast lineup. Yay! And finally... If you hadn't heard it on Tim's podcast, you're going to hear it here. The fifth, that's fifth, five, five years, fifth annual open contract challenge 2023 contestants are as follows. And they are not listed in any order other than alphabetical. Okay. So we have one through 10. I'm not going to say contestant number whatever because I'm listing them one through 10. Jim Bates, Don DeBrail. Adele Evershed, James Hyde, Christopher Keene, Tim Law, Michelle Lowe, James Rumpel, Brett Wall, Christina Steele. And, of course, we implemented it last year and we are carrying it on this year. Our wild card this year is Miss Haley Wolf. All right, everybody. Congratulations on making it to this round. And this round is chapters. They have to submit chapters. Okay. This round, they actually have to submit the first chapter or first 10, whatever, of their their um, piece of work to the judges. So polish them up, get them as good as you can, and good luck, everybody. Okay. So that's it for housekeeping. That's a lot of words. And that is actually the topic of my podcast today words. Now I did. Okay. So how this started was on the weekend, I had gone to my exes and picked up a bunch of stuff and like a a fabric and um, craft stuff because I like to sew. I want to get back into sewing. I want to sew some stuff and sell it. So, you know, I needed my stuff. So I went and picked it up. And yesterday I finally felt well enough. Um, I had a migraine the day before that kind of took me out um mother's day was a crap day for me so i kind of just laid in my bed in a puddle of self-pity and wallowed (laughs) 
for the day. Um, I literally did not get out of bed all day except to pee and eat. And I would make food and take it right back to my bed. And I just watched. I binged shows and movies all day. It was kind of it was kind of nice. Um, so yesterday I decided enough is enough. I need to clean up. I need to get the stuff out of my car. Because every time I got into my car to go anywhere, all I could smell was um, cat pee. Because this is coming from a house with a lot of cats that none of them are fixed. So the males spray absolutely everywhere and it stinks. So, um, and I did find the one thing, there were two things, two things, three things actually. Um, unfortunately I did get my dress form and unfortunately it was broken and it stunk beyond anything. Um, so I ended up throwing it out almost immediately. I was not willing to actually travel in the car for an hour and a half to bring it home to see if maybe I could salvage it. Um, the plastic sizers on the sides had all snap been snapped off. Um, and it wasn't until yesterday that I realized that he did actually put the feet in one of the box, but I'd already thrown out the dress form, so I threw out the feet. Anyway, um, and then I got my camping cot because I hate sleeping on an air mattress when I go somewhere. And um, a lot of times when I go somewhere, they don't necessarily always have a free bed or I have to share a room. And I I don't want to. <laughs> if I don't have to, I don't want to share a room. So I'm going to Crystal's at the end of May and she's putting me downstairs in the spa so that I can still do the late night phone stuff that I have to do. I can still podcast. I can, you know, do what I need to do um, and not disturb anybody. So I needed a bed to sleep on and I know the air mattress under my bed, I'm pretty sure has a hole in it. I'm going to blow it up and find out. And if it does, I'm going to put it out to the garbage because the end of this month is, um, big garbage pickup. We can put out like five things. Um, anyway, so my cot has a mild, um, aroma of uh cat pee so i had to spray it but yeah every time i got into my car that's what i could smell now the major offender was my mom's wooden frog so she has that now i drove i only had to stay in the car long enough to go from uh, my ex's house to my mom's house which was like a 30 minute drive and then i could get the frog out of my car um and now it's my mom's problem so but I needed to deal with this stuff. And there was still this aroma of cat pee. Now, he had told me that the fabric didn't smell. It had been in the cabinet. It had been in the basement. Um, and it didn't really smell like cat pee. The stuff that I could tell the stuff that had been in the basement smelled really musty. But I have a washing machine and I have a dryer. I can clean it when I go to use it. Um, I did find the uh, offending article. And that was um, my old sewing box and my fishing tackle bag. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be breaking out the vinegar spray again. And the sewing box is just going to get thrown out. I have like four of them now. I have my mom's uh, one that was originally my grandmother's. 
and then my mom got it and now I have it and it's a big one and then I have another little one that was given to me along with a sewing machine so I don't need to keep this one this was my very first sewing box and I used to be sentimental about stuff like that but no it stinks it's got to go <laughs> it's got to go You'll have to pardon the background noise. Um, I waited until now. Like I'm podcasting during the day because I just, I don't have the desire to do it at night. I just want to like forget about whatever and lie and watch TV. So, but this morning and they started at like 6 a.m. I don't know. It was the crack of stupid. I was not impressed. Uh, they ripped up the road. They went down at least a good four inches, five inches. Um, so they were out there tearing up the road and it was making a lot of noise. And I, I was waiting until they were done. Um, and they finished up for now, but there are still big trucks out there that are making noise. And I don't know what they're going to do because they, didn't fix it i don't know what they're doing um whatever anyway so yeah that's what you're gonna hear going on in the background okay i'm trying to close my um uh, there we go quit close okay I seem to be having some connection issues. I don't know if it's me or if it's my live studio audience that's having connection issues. He's, he's, I don't even know what's happening. Anyway, um, I am recording, right? I didn't just, okay, I am recording. I just dawned on me. Am I actually recording? I wasn't sure if I was recording. Okay, so yesterday I decided I needed to deal with this stuff because I don't do well in chaos. I don't do well in mess. I don't do well when things are out of place. Um, so I emptied out my car. And that's why it had stayed in my car for so long. I mean, it's Thursday now. It's been in my car since Saturday. Um, because I knew once I brought it upstairs, I was going to be um, forced to put it away find homes for it and I felt crappy yesterday I mean I felt okay um I woke up with like the migraine from hell uh took some some Tylenol and my allergy meds and um some caffeine <laughs> and powered through um so I went and picked up my mail I had two orders come in two packages come in at the mail at the post office so I went and picked them up came back and I brought everything upstairs and now this you need to understand it's not just a simple up a few stairs down the hall and I'm in I have 17 steep stairs that I have to climb so I backed the car up to the door and there were one two three four plastic bins and two big boxes that I had to bring upstairs and these weren't light. You need to understand, these were full of yards of fabric, heavy fabric. So I get it all up to the top of the stairs. I go park my car. 
I come back, I grab the cot, I grab my packages, I come up the stairs. Now I have to get it all down the hall and into my apartment. And that's kind of how I unload my car. It's a, it's a, a, a series of stages, okay? So I, and it used to be I would park my car in my spot and carry it around the building and up. And then I got smart. There are two driveways to get into the back. Now, the people in my building aren't necessarily allowed to use the parking, the driveway on the other side of the the building next to us but you know accidents happen so i back the car up to the door now and then it's just a matter of taking it from the car straight up the stairs to the top stairs to the landing so i do all that and i get it upstairs and then i get it down the hall into the apartment into the middle of my living room in a pile and i look at it and immediately i start to feel panic hang on i need some tea Immediately, I start to feel this state of panic setting in. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I need to um, put this stuff away. I need to find homes for this stuff. And that's where the panic started was, where am I going to put all of this stuff? Because I have one closet in my entire apartment. One. One closet. I have a few cupboards in my kitchen that are full. And one closet. No shelves, no cubby holes, no little nooks and crannies. No, one closet and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cupboards. One, two of them are really skinny. One, I need, okay, so the cupboards above the sink, I need a stepladder to get into. And not just a stepladder. I have to go up my stepladder and then onto my counter. And I still have a hard time reaching the top shelves. I need like a little, a long grippy pole to get the stuff off the top shelves. And then I have three decent, four decent sized, three decent sized drawers and two cutlery drawers. So I don't have a lot of storage space and I've kind of utilized as best as I can the space that I have. So I knew that I wanted to put the fabric on a shelving unit that was in my hallway that I used to put my shoes on. Um, but I got a coat rack last year before I, I went away and um, it has a space for my shoes. I went through my shoes and threw a bunch of them out. So, and I have a shoe rack on the back of my closet door. So I rearranged things. I got the washing machine out of my bedroom because it really was a pain in the ass to drag it out of my bedroom, through the living room, down the hall, into the bathroom, set everything up, and then bring it back. So now I just have to slide it from the hallway into the bathroom. It's great. Works like a charm. Um, so I get the shelving unit in there and I'm starting to go through stuff. And as I'm going through the stuff, my throat is burning. My chest is burning because of all of the cat dander. There's like, right now there's six cats in this house. There was a whole lot more like almost double, three times that amount in the house at one point, plus a dog. So I was very, I'm still very congested today. Um, but I got it all put away. So then I have these 
bins of stuff. I got all the fabric put away, so I emptied out a box in one bin. So I thought, well, I'll put, I don't want to throw these bins out because these are nice, big, solid, clear plastic bins. I'll put them, so I, I ended up waging war with my closet. Um, I eventually won. I can close the door. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is a laundry basket that did not make it into the closet. It will not fit in the closet. And it's back on the floor where it started last year. Um, but I think I'm going to throw one of the laundry baskets out because the handles are all broken and, you know, or I'll put it in my car for groceries. Um, but anyway, so the one laundry basket's on the floor now. So now I have two laundry baskets to put stuff in. But I use two laundry baskets when I'm doing my laundry anyway, because when I do my laundry properly, I mean, sometimes I will skip the rinse and I will rinse in the spinner when I'm doing like a small load or something. But when I do my laundry properly, I need two baskets, one for the dirty clothes and then one for the stuff that's been washed. It goes into another basket. And then once everything is washed, then I fill the tub up and it goes through the rinse with the uh, fabric softener and the spin. And then once it's done, done, it goes into the other basket so that I could bring it out here and hang it up. But I don't have to hang it up anymore because, you know, my awesome, amazing boyfriend got me a dryer. I have the cutest little apartment sized dryer. It's 42 pounds and it works amazingly. I love it. Um, the first load took about half an hour, 45 minutes, which is to be expected. That's what a dryer takes. And then the next load was a smaller load and it was all whites and it took 20 minutes. <laughs> like the dryer shut off and I'm like, wait, that can't be right. That can't be done. And sure enough, I opened it up. It was done. So my next, my third load was my, my, this is going to be the true test of the strength of this dryer. And how good this dryer is going to be. I had two bath towels, not the bath sheets, but the normal size bath towels, two hand towels, two face cloths and a pair of underwear because the pair of underwear missed the white load. It was in the white load, but it, it, it missed the white load. What was that noise? Um, getting dried. So I threw that all in the dryer. 45 minutes later, the dryer shuts off. I'm like, all right, let's go see. They were warm and dry and fluffy. You know how long it's been since I've had fluffy towels here? I mean, I had fluffy towels while I was in California, but I haven't had, I've never had fluffy towels here. They started out fluffy when I, when they were given to me because they came from somebody else's house who actually had a dryer. But now I had fluffy towels again. I hate scratchy towels. I don't like scratchy towels when I come out of the shower. I like a nice, soft, fluffy towel. So I'm very happy with my dryer. It, it, it dried my towels. I was very pleased. So no more, and, and it only took me like three hours to actually do my laundry from start to finish. Um, the other day I had like a huge basket of laundry and it took me um, six hours. I think it was about six hours from start to finish to wash, rinse, and hang everything and then it took two days to dry because I don't want to have the heat on because I don't want to pay the, the bill um and that would be like constant heat running on it for however long it took and things come out crunchy 
Um, so I did have my fan blowing on them. So it was blowing air, moving air on them. But it still took two days for things to dry. And I have to like turn the rack around, rotate the rack and take things off as they dried and spread things out. So, and then I always had sheets and shirts and pants and stuff hanging in my window, my front window so that they would dry. So I'm very pleased with my dryer. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. So I had to find homes for all of this stuff. So I, all right, cleared out everything out of my closet. And I had a box on the top shelf um, that had a bunch of, um, they're called draft doggies. It doesn't actually look like a dog. I actually have some ideas for them. I couldn't figure out what to do with them. I have like five of them. Because when I lived in the trailer, I used it around the edges of the floor along the cabinets, around the door, to keep the cold air from blowing in. Because this wasn't a winterized trailer. I winterized it. And I did really well because I survived all through the winter. There were some days I couldn't actually get out of the trailer because ice had built up at the door. And I had to call Brian to come and chip me out. But I was nice and warm inside that trailer. So um, I have all these draft doggies that I got at the dollar store that I have no idea what to do with. Well, now I do have some ideas what to do with it. Um, I'm actually going to make them look like dogs or caterpillars or you know make some frogs because I have some black ones and if I do it upright it'll look like a log and I can put some little frogs on the log and sell them as draft doggies or you know for your door with like make them funky looking so anyway so I took the box down and I thought well I'm gonna take those out I need to put some stuff in there and the things that I wanted to put up on the top shelf of course you know wouldn't fit being five foot three anything up above my head looks like it's really far away and the space on the shelf to the ceiling looked like it was a lot bigger than it actually was. So uh, the configuration of the closet got redone about four times before I finally just gave up and was over it and started just putting things in, not caring. You know what? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. So one of the things I wanted to do was I had this old sewing. It was like a, my mom, It was it's an artist's box. And I have two of them now. <laughs> this one was originally my grandfather's. And then he gave it to my mom. There was a leather handle on it. And there's a brass um, clasp on it to close it. The leather handle is long gone. I mean, it's older than I am. So it had, had you know decayed away um and I used to keep it was my writing box and then I got the old silverware box from my mom when she got her silverware stand so I reconfigured the silverware box now it's my writing box but I did have some leftover papers and a couple of books in there see I'm getting to the point now it's only taken me half an hour to get to the point um, so as I was going through these papers, I found all the handwritten pages from Eternally Bound. And I wrote a lot of that book by hand. Um, I found those and I found a book that had been tossed in there ooh, a long time ago. Um, and I was reading through it and I'd come across something. I thought, oh. 
that's going to make a great podcast. I want to use that in a podcast. I want to talk about that in a podcast. So today I'm getting ready to podcast. Do you think I could find that particular thing at all? No. Oh, no. No, no, no. I looked for like four hours. Do you think I could find it? Not even maybe. I went through that book 12 times. And then I thought, okay, maybe it wasn't that book I was looking in. So then I grabbed the other books that I had found. And I had found a few. Holding up three of them right now. I went through them page by page. About five or six times. Nope, couldn't find it. Not at all. So then I'm sitting down. I'm like, okay, you know what? I vaguely remember what it said. So I can go from that. Because it's all about words and the power of words. And then all of a sudden, boom, there it was. And it stems from, okay, so I used to at one point, like I said, I would make notes on what I wanted to do for specific podcasts. If I had like a really good idea, I would write down, jot down some notes, jot down some, some things I wanted to cover. This happens to go back to episode 12. So we're talking like a while ago. Episode 12 was recorded September 17th. It went live September 17th, 2020. So this is three years ago. <laughs> I still have the notes in this book for episode 12. Now, episode 12 was called Changing Your Perspective. And it was all about trying to look at things from a different perspective. Like if you're standing on the floor and you don't like the way something looks, or you're not sure about the way something looks, stand on a table, change your perspective. It'll look different. Lie down on the floor, look at it from there. It'll look different. Change your perspective. So that's what that podcast was about. But in the write-up for that podcast came the idea for this one because the part that i saw that went oh hey that'd be a good idea was okay hang on words have power and when you change the words you can change your perspective and i read that and went oh words yes that would be a great idea but then ironically i lost the words I could not find the words that I wanted to use. And it was kind of a lesson to me about words in particular. That it doesn't necessarily matter what the words are. It's the intent you convey with those words. Now, as writers, it is our job to string words together to elicit an emotion of some sort to pull a person into our story and take them out of their reality. That is our job. That is what we do with words. And we have to know how to string certain words together to get to the emotion that we're trying to create, to get to the feeling that we're trying to create. As an editor, it's also my job to look at those words and go, uh, I don't think that's the word you really meant to use. Or maybe we could use different words 
to create the same effect. As people, just humans walking around, conversing with other people, interacting with other people, I don't think we pay as much attention to the words that we're using. Um, prime example. Prime example. For the longest time, I always thought, rip, R-I-P, me, meant rest in peace. Until the Zillennials? Ylennials? I don't know. Whatever generation the 20-somethings are right now. My daughter's one of them. Um, I think the Zennials, Generation Z. Something like that. Anyway. Uh, they took R.I.P. and it became like a uh, an expression of, oh, damn. Or, wow, crap. And they, they would do like, rip. And every time she'd say it, I'd look at her like, what are you saying? R.I.P., man. Rip. That sucks. No, no. It means rest in peace. It means you're dead. <laughs> it doesn't mean what you think it means. But they took those letters and created their own meaning and word. Um, my girlfriends and I, years and years, years ago, had a rule. Mish, you'll remember this rule. I made the rule. Me. I made the rule. Don't argue with me, Misha. You know I did because I'm all about the words. The rule is if you can spell it, if you can define it, and if you can use it in a sentence to where it is understandable to the definition of the word, it is a word. And we would create words like nobody's business. And if one of the group would create a word, we would challenge. Okay, how do you spell it? We'd spell it. How do you, what's the definition of said word? And if you couldn't give the definition, you weren't allowed to use the word. So, um, hang on. Hey, holy moly. Excuse me. See, I told you I'm still a little stuffed up today, but they've also stirred up a lot of dust outside. So I am paying the price. But words, words are important. Words are how we communicate, whether we're texting, whether we're speaking, whether we're writing in a, a book or um, in a journal on somebody's wall. Words are how we communicate. Without words, 99% of us would be lost. We would not know how to um, get our point across, how to convey an emotion, how to convey a thought. We need words. You think in words. You don't think in pictures or emotions or feelings or um, other senses. You think in words. Your words are, your, your thoughts are words. Um, sometimes, you know, you daydream and you see pictures and that, but you're still hearing the words in your head of what you're seeing in front of your, like, in your behind your eyes I don't know in your internal eyes I don't know <laughs> but words are important how you use them how you you mix them up um, 
back when when a lot of us Gen Xers were growing up, the expression was sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that's bullshit. I hate to tell you, as a Gen Xer, I hate to tell you, yes, they will hurt. Um, we just developed a thick skin. Well, no, we didn't develop a thick skin. What we did was we, we turned inward when people would call us names, when people would pick on us. Um, like one of the names that I was called in public school was Gonzo. Now my nose is nowhere near as big as it used to be. Um, because for good or for bad, I got into a car accident and smashed my face. So <laughs> I ended up getting two nose jobs done on the province's money. It was great. I had to just, you know, smash my face into a steering wheel and then uh, to get the first nose job. And then they botched that one. So my nose literally started sliding off my face. So then I got the second one. So my nose is smaller than what it originally was. And they would call me Gonzo, you know, from the Muppets. And that hurt a lot. I hated it. I would get called four eyes, but that didn't really bother me because I liked my glasses. Now, I even had like the little um, initial in the corner of my glasses, you know, the little sticker that you could stick on your glasses with your little initial in there. Um, I loved my glasses because I could hide behind them. They were like my mask of invincibility. Um, I felt very vulnerable without my glasses, which is kind of funny because I don't wear my glasses at all, hardly now. Um, but words, those words hurt. Um, but you had to learn how to kind of just let those words roll off your back and not give in to those words, not allow those words to bring you down which we were great at faking that you know that's where the whole sticks and stones will break my bones but names will never hurt me and we would recite that with dedication and confidence <laughs> like we believed that shit okay we truly in our hearts believed if we kept saying that those words would not hurt that is part of the Gen X trauma that we have today. <laughs> that's, that's why, like, you know what? You can throw whatever you want at us and we're going to be like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't care. Psst, whatever. I've been called worse by better. Whatever. I don't care. Which I think kind of makes Gen X a little scary. Um, but we, you, we learned in the 80s, we learned how to use words to lift people up, how to use words to convey an emotion. Because words, you have to remember, music back then was our outlet. Music back then was our form of communication. If you wanted to tell somebody that you liked them, or if you were in a relationship with somebody and you wanted to tell them all the fluffy, you know, hearts and flowers kind of emotions, what did you do? You made them a mixtape. You picked all the perfect songs that had the right words. And you'd put them all together on a mixtape and you'd give it to them and you'd tell them, listen to it, start on side A, 
song one and listen to it. And you could create stories on these mixtapes. Okay. I created, oh my gosh, I don't know how many mixtapes. I would create mixtapes for my friends, create mixtapes for my family. I created mixtapes for my boyfriend. Um, yeah, like mixtapes were the thing because the songs back then had words that mattered. They had words that would reach into whatever emotion you happened to be feeling. You could find a song that could relate and you could belt that sucker out and you could scream those words at the top of your lungs and you would feel better. You would connect. And it was a way for us to release a lot of emotion that we would carry with us. So words were very important back then. Words were very intricate to our growing up. Songs today don't have that kind of impact. Songs today aren't even close to what um hang on I had to call my live studio audience back he's having he's experiencing technical difficulties there we go now we're connected he's on his phone now instead of on his computer <laughs> am i muted okay i'm muted all right so uh the songs back then in the 70s in the 80s and even into the 90s the words carried weight. The words carried powerful emotion. The words carried feeling. And you could connect with those songs. That's why they're redoing a lot of songs these days because the songs that came out in, well, I'm going to say one song and that's just pretty much going to sum up where the words are today in the song. That's WAP. That's the kind of music they're putting out. How do you connect with that? You don't. You don't. Unless you are you just you don't i've already been judgmental once today so i need to kind of rein in my my judgment <laughs> i actually got asked how can you be when okay you know what she's lucky she's two provinces away because she asked me when did i become my mother and them's fighting words i'm telling you them's fighting words um briefly i'll tell you the story so the construction's going on outside and I've got all my windows closed because it got really cold the other night. There was a frost warning. Again, it's Ontario. You don't plant anything in your garden before the May long weekend because it's going to freeze. <laughs> it's, it's, there's been snow in May. So, you know. So I had all my windows closed. Yes, I finally caved and I closed the one behind my couch, which usually stays open until it's snowing. Um, so I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking maybe I can open my windows today and get some fresh air in here and I'm seeing everybody wandering around bundled up. Even the construction workers are wearing like hoodies and, you know, coats and stuff. So then I see these two girls had to be like, they looked like they were 12. So they must've been about 23, 24 skinny little things wearing track pants and bikini tops. I'm like, wait a minute. I need to actually check the temperature because it's only 66 degrees in my apartment. So I need to check the temperature outside. I'm pretty sure that these two girls were possibly crackheads. 
Because the temperature outside in Celsius was 10 degrees. That in Fahrenheit is 50. That is colder than California cold. That is not warm enough to be walking around with nothing covering your tatas, but some beach material. Like, no wonder they were perky. They were frozen. I mean, they weren't large-breasted women, so pretty much they got cold enough that their nipples hardened and that held their boobs up because the entire thing was just frozen. It was cold. But... Yeah, they and I watched them walk back and forth in front of the construction workers about five or six times up and down the street in these baggy track pants and bikini tops. Now, not one of the, in in the construction workers' defense, not one of the guys looked at the girls at all. You know, they didn't give them a second glance because you know, ten degrees, crackheads. <laughs> you don't want to get messed up with that. But I was telling this to Crystal, and she came back with, when did you become so judgmental? When did you turn into your mother? When I'm watching 20-somethings wandering around outside when it's cold enough to snow in nothing but track pants and bikini tops. And she's like, well, what if they were older and they were having hot flashes? No, no, they looked like they were 12, so they had to be in their 20s. No, there's one word for that. Just one. Yep, that's the one. So... Yeah, words. <laughs> words are important. How you use them, when you use them, and when you don't use them. Sometimes when you don't use words can have just as much of an impact as when you do use words. When you leave words out or you forget words that can have sometimes even a bigger impact on a person than if you said too many words. So changing your perspective is one thing. Changing the way you view the world and the things around you is one thing. Changing your words is something entirely different. By changing the way you speak, by changing your, your diction by, by, by changing the words that you use. You can change how A, you view the world and B, how the world views you. Now, being Gen X and being in Canada, um, swear words are not a big deal. People don't think twice about dropping the F-bomb. It's not a big deal. Nobody bats an eyelash. But the thing that they don't realize is that people do. When we were growing up, everybody said the F word, everybody. But you didn't say it around your elders. Now, we're the elders and we're dropping the F bomb. But yes, okay, so some studies say that people who swear are more intelligent than those who don't. Blah, blah, blah. Then there's ones, there's studies that say that the use of swear words denotes a lack of creativity because you can't find any better words to use. So I don't subscribe to either camp. I'm more on a respect thing. If you wouldn't say it in front of your mother 
or in front of, okay, maybe not in front of your mother because my mom, some days I have to look at her and like, you kiss us kids with that mouth. Good gravy. My mom can be pretty foul mouthed at times. Let me tell you. Um, and she never used to be. I think it just came with age. But if you would not use these words around your grandparents or your great-grandparents or somebody that you hold in high regard, then maybe you shouldn't use them with general public. There are words that I won't say at all, period, end of discussion. And if you ever hear me say that word, there is something seriously wrong. I am beyond angry. <laughs> Murderous thoughts are ensuing and um, you might want to start seeing how much money you can gather together for bail. Because if I start using those particular words, somebody's going to die. Or at least there will be an attempt. Because I don't use those words. I can't stand those particular... There are two words that I can't stand. And I'm not going to repeat them because I don't use that kind of language on my show. But there are two words that I cannot stand. Um, one of them was actually used not that long ago in front of me to refer to somebody and it shocked me at first that the person who said it said it doubly shocked me that they said it in front of their kid triple shocked me that they said it in front of our mom <laughs> and blew me away that they said it about my kid. But to change the feeling that that word created, I looked at him and went, well, no, you can't call her that because those can be useful. And he laughed and it changed the mood and we carried on. So I have always felt that if you want to convey an important idea, and you see this on TikTok all the time. People are trying to get an important message that they have out to people and trying to get people to listen to their side. But every other word is the F word. And for me personally, I will scroll on to the next video. Yep. I will scroll. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear your idea presented with words, but not those words. Because it takes me out of the seriousness of what you're trying to say. And then it makes me think that you're just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to be labeled by my words. <laughs> and that's another thing too. Words can be labels. And there's a big battle going on right now about labels, about words being attached to things so words can have an incredible amount of impact they're everywhere 
They're spoken in advertising. They're sung in songs. They're read in books and, and newspapers. Everywhere you look, there are words. Like I look around my apartment right now and I'm hard pressed to find a corner of my apartment that doesn't have some form of words. So I guess what I'm trying to get across with the importance of words is be very careful how you choose your words. Be very careful in the words that you use, that, that you allow to escape your lips. Because once they're out there, it's not like on a computer where you can unsend a message. Once you have spoken those words, they're out there. You can't take them back. There is no amount of air sucking that's going to pull those words back into your mouth. And sometimes you can say words that you don't think are harmful, but that somebody else that you're saying them to reacts and they do get hurt. They do find them upsetting. They do find them offensive. Now, okay, you know what? I, I, I did say the offensive word. I did mildly jump on the offensive bandwagon, but I'm not talking about um, the ridiculousness with the cancel culture that is happening right now. And they're offended by absolutely everything. I'm surprised they're not offended by the color of the sky because it's non-inclusive. Um, I'm talking about like the really offensive things that you can say, like you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, um, you're no good. Those things, those kind of offensive things. That's what I'm talking about. Hang on a minute. I'm getting interrupted by my live studio audience. We pause this show for a moment of what? So yesterday at Walmart, the lady. Ah, but that was not words. That was a look, but you're very right. So my adopted stepdaughter um, had an encounter yesterday at the Walmart. And I actually, when I was told about it, um, Dave did preface the video with, it's a good thing you weren't here because you would have gone off. And he's right. I would have. Now, they were talking, they were coming out of the Walmart and they were talking about getting something to eat. And... I think it was Zoe that said, Jack in the box. Well, this woman looked her up and down with disgust. Like she didn't need Jack in the box. I beg your pardon, but if this child turns sideways, she disappears. She is skinny enough. You could use her as a zipper. She's so tiny. Um, I've seen bigger thighs in a bucket of chicken than there are on this child. Okay. She does not have an ounce of fat on her. The biggest thing on her is her attitude. So I don't know what was wrong with this woman, but that look conveyed a multitude of words into this child's head. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I don't need it. I'm stupid. 
from one look, all of those words were racing around in this 11-year-old little girl's head. Now, whether she's chunky or not, she's 11 years old. You don't have the right to look at a child like that. If you have a problem with the way the child looks, give the parent the dirty look. Not the child. Because let me tell you, if I had been there and I had seen that, oh, that woman would have got an earful of words. And they would have started out with, who do you think you are? What? You best fix your face. Because that is not the face that is going to be looking at my child. I was, I was furious. But even a look can convey words, hurtful words. And I try and tell these girls. And I try and tell my own daughter. And my two stepdaughters. I consider them my stepdaughters. They're mine. You can fight me for it. Go ahead. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I love these girls. And Jay. I love these children like they're my own. Um, but I, I try and give them positive words every day. The words that I didn't get as a child. Um, I tell them they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're smart. They're funny. They're amazing. And yeah, they're having a hard time. Well, you say it to Lily and Lily looks and goes, I know. <laughs> there is not a confidence problem with that child at all. Not even a little bit. The 11-year-old Zoe, on the other hand, she is starting to change. She's starting to grow up. She's becoming a teenager. And all of that insecurity, all of that awkwardness that goes with it is right there doing its thing. And there were people in her life at one point that told her she was fat, that she could stand to lose a few pounds. What the hell? Where, where do you think that that is even remotely the right kind of words to use on a child? Because what you say, the words that you use on children are the words that will create the trauma in them as adults. I was told, especially when I was a teenager and I was starting to experiment with makeup, that a lot of times um, like we would get ready for church or we would be going somewhere and we had to dress up. And I distinctly remember my dad telling me, you'd look so pretty if you dressed up more often. Hmm. Okay. So wanting to be one of the pretty people, I would start to dress up more often and I would start to experiment with makeup and and things like that. And I came running up the stairs one day, particularly pleased with myself on how my makeup had turned out and how my hair had turned out and the outfit I was wearing. And my dad looked at me and said, ha you look like a clown. I am 51 years old and I don't wear makeup very often. 
And when I do, I feel like a clown because I don't know how to apply it properly because I stopped wearing it. I stopped trying to apply it correctly and, and trying to accent the features of my face that are pleasing to the eye. Instead, I just went, screw it. This is, this is what you get. This is it. And accented other parts of my body for the attention that I thought I needed to validate making myself feel good about myself. And those simple words started an entire spiral of behaviors that I recognize now as what I guess they term daddy issues. I don't know. <laughs> but simple words like, and, and my dad had a way of teasing, but it would hurt. And my mom would always come to his defense. Oh, he didn't mean it. He's just teasing. Okay, well, whether he meant it or not, it was the the onus was on him to realize that what he was saying hurt. And whether he meant it or not, it was his job to change his words. And my mother, instead of defending him with her words, should have been defending us. Yeah, I'm getting a little bitter here. Should have been defending us and saying, well, wait a minute, Wayne. Maybe those aren't the words that you should use. Try different words. Now, granted, I was the tester kid. Um, he kind of came into the marriage and I was already there. So a lot of the mistakes that he made with me, um, he didn't make with my brother and my sister. Now, my brother can be like my dad at times. He can say some pretty hurtful things, joking around. Um, my brother-in-law is the absolute worst for saying things in jest. And I say that with quotations, um, that hurt. And he has done that to me a few times. Um, he does it to my mom, apparently a lot more, but he's done it to me a couple of times and he learned very quickly that I will disengage from that conversation. I will disengage from that relationship and I will take my happy ass on down the road and go home. Um, and when you're the only one that's helping do the work that you need to get done and all of a sudden they're packing their stuff and they're leaving because of what you said, you change your words. And he did. He changed how he spoke to me. He, he would kind of gauge the mood before he would delve into maybe the harsher jokes. And I would fire back. Like He would know, okay, she's in the right mind frame that she can kind of, we can get a little more, you know, picky on the jokes. Like, don't bend over too far. You're going to fall. You're top heavy. You're going to smash your face. And then I would tell him, well, don't lie on your belly. You'd be like a teeter-totter. So there were times when that joking was okay. That, you know, I would be able to fire back and then he would know that there are times that no, no, today's not a good day for that. <laughs> because he can be very hurtful. And my sisters exploded at him at times too. It's quite funny. 
when she does because she tolerates it and and tries to be gentle and kind and then she just blows up <laughs> like wow where did you come from um i blinked and all of a sudden there's like you know psycho sister but words matter words make a difference and words can make or break a relationship words can start or end a friendship words can be the difference between a really good story and something that is probably kindling words so let me see where are we sitting oh good heavens i've been yapping for an hour Okay, it literally sounds like these baby birds are in my wall. Like, I, I, I swear, it sounds like if I got up and walked over to um, the, the window, there would be like this little nest just on the other side of the drywall. Uh, yeah, I'm not telling my landlord until after the babies have grown and flown away because I have baby birds. <laughs> And these baby birds, these this mated pair of blackbirds have come and built their nest every year I've lived here in the spring. They build their nest under my kitchen window and I get to watch them come and go. And, you know, they'll come and sit on the windowsill and show me what they're bringing the baby, whether it's a grub. Oh, see there, right there. He's showing me the worm. Hi, sweetheart. And I've, I've, I've acknowledged that now he's flown down and gave it to the babies. So they will come and sit on the power lines. Um, when my TV used to be in the living room, they would come and sit on the power lines above the TV and look in at me. Um, and I talk to them. I use my words. I talk to the birds. I talk to the squirrels. I talk to the dog. I talk to, I talk to the animals. I talk to my boyfriend. I talk to him all the time. But... And, and I try, and that's another thing. I try and use my words because words are very important when you're having a strong emotion, whether it's anger or hurt or love or fear, you need to convey that to the person that has caused that because they don't know. They can't read your mind. It's not like you have a neon sign that's got, you know, your thoughts flashing across them. It's not like a thought bubble in a comic book. Okay. They don't know what you're feeling. So, and you can't just, I'm mad you're an asshole. Because the person's standing there going, um, what did I do? You can't expect them to understand how you feel. So you need to use your words in a constructive, concise way that explains why you're feeling the way you're feeling. It could be justified or not. Your feelings are valid. But use your words to convey the emotion that you're feeling. And that is something that I have tried to instill in my children and failed. Um, that is something that I have tried to get my friends to do. Um, like, I, I'm not, I, I don't know how you're feeling. I cannot figure out that you're sad by one word that you've texted me. You need to say, hey, I'm not feeling very good today. I'm feeling kind of sad. And I will be right there going, what's wrong? Let's talk. So I try and walk my talk. I try and, and live the words that I preach. 
Um, today there was an incident. My feelings got hurt. And in that moment, I needed to be mad at the person I was mad at. I needed to sit with my emotions because that's something else that I've learned too on this journey is don't suppress your emotions. Don't try and downplay how you feel. How you feel in that moment is valid. Those are your words. And they make up who you are. So in that moment, I needed to just sit with my words. I'm hurt. I'm mad at you. And right now I need to be mad at you so that I can work through this hurt. And I think they kind of knew something was wrong because they were getting very short answers up until that point. And then when I found out a certain thing had happened and I had missed it, they didn't get any words. There were no words whatsoever. <laughs> Almost got a thumbs up. <laughs> I deleted it. I, 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 I walked away from the thumbs up. I did not go that far. Um, and I, I, he's like, you okay? So I gave him this big, long paragraph of what I was feeling, why I was feeling it, and explains that this is not a common, this is not an uncommon occurrence, which to then he said, when did this happen? And I gave him a list <laughs> of situations, but it wasn't a, a, we're going to fight. This is going to be a thing. It was, I used my words constructively to explain how I was feeling. It had nothing to do with us. I was mad at him for something that he didn't even, it didn't even cross his mind to think about. So I needed to reconcile with that first. That I can't be mad at him for not doing this because it didn't even cross his mind that he should do this. I needed to sit with my own feelings. And that's what I tried to convey to him with my words. This, I just, I need to sit with this for a minute. I need to work through this for a minute and then I'll be okay. We're fine. But I need to go through this. And then we'll be okay. He's like, okay, I understand. And I don't know if he actually understood or if he was just like, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll play Kate. <laughs> I don't think he understood what, he understood I was upset. He understood the parameters of why I was upset. And that's all he needed to know. I used my words. I explained, instead of just, cutting him off completely and not talking to him and telling him to piss off. I'm mad at you. Go away. Whatever. I chose to use my words and explain the emotion I was having. And once I did, I was over it. I worked through it. Once I put words to it and explained to the person that had caused that in my mind, I used my words and it didn't turn into a thing. There was no anger from him, his side. There was no... And it didn't turn into a thing. Because we used our words. 
He said, I understand and I'm sorry. And that's all I needed. Really, that's all I needed. I just needed to, to cry and work through it and move on. Because in the grand scheme of things, the situation that I, I missed, the person that was involved in that situation isn't even going to know that I wasn't there for it. That I was just there after it. They're not going to know. So it only mattered to me. It didn't matter to anybody else outside of me. And that's what I needed to sit with. That's what I needed to process. And because immediately you use your words and you blame whoever you perceive caused you the pain. But it was me that caused the pain myself. I just used him as the scapegoat. It's not my fault that he doesn't, he has a memory like a sieve. <laughs> That's just how he is. Um, and it's not his fault that I don't get notifications when he goes live. I don't get notifications when anybody goes live. I always find out after the, oh, you went live. Oh, I'm sorry I wasn't there. If I had known, I would have been there. Use your words. Use your words. Yes, I'm looking at your ear. Because that's all I can see of him right now is his ear. There we go. <laughs> Use your words, people. Use your words. They're important. They matter. They matter. If you're happy, express it with your words. If you're sad, express it. If you need help, the hardest words for anybody to say is, I need help help they're three words three that's it and they are the hardest thing for somebody to say they're the hardest thing for somebody to admit i need help so use your words all right i am going to stop my words now <laughs> this is the end of this podcast there are no more words uh, well there are more words but i'm not going to use them today so um take what i said however you want learn a lesson from it take inspiration from it throw it out and completely disregard it i don't care but use your words be cognizant of the words that you use i ah, see big word um be careful of the words that you choose to use with sensitive people like children like children or those with low self-esteem. Build them up instead of trying to tear them down. Instead of trying to shock them into reality. Because it won't work. It won't work. But use your words. Alright everybody. That is it for me for this week. Um, you know the drill. Be kind and don't lick shit. Alright everybody. Until next week. See ya. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.